Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I've been a park ranger for over a decade, but nothing could have prepared me for the horrors I was about to uncover. For the past few months, there had been a string of mysterious deaths in the park. People would disappear without a trace, and their bodies would be found mutilated and twisted beyond recognition. At first, we thought it was just a coincidence, but as the number of victims increased, we knew something was amiss. I was tasked with investigating the deaths. And as I delve deeper into the case, I realize that the deaths may be connected to a secret society of occultists who were using the park as a site for their dark rituals. I spent countless nights camping out in the woods hoping to catch a glimpse of the cultists. But each night was the same, nothing but the rustling of leaves and the sound of owls hooting in the distance. I was starting to lose hope until one night I heard chanting in the distance. I followed the sound, creeping through the woods, trying to stay hidden. As I got closer, I saw a group of hooded figures standing in a clearing surrounding a fire. They were chanting in a language I couldn't understand, and I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck standing on end. 
Suddenly, one of the figures turned and looked directly at me. I froze, hoping that they hadn't seen me. But then the figure pointed directly at me, and the chanting stopped. The other cultists turned to look at me, and I knew I was in trouble. I turned to run, but it was too late. The cultists were closing in on me, their eyes glowing in the firelight. I tried to fight them off, but they were too strong. They dragged me towards the fire, and I could feel the heat on my face. As they started to chant again, I knew that I was about to become their sacrifice. I closed my eyes, hoping it would all be over quickly. But as I opened them again, I realized that I was no longer in the park. I was in a dark underground chamber, surrounded by the cultists. The chanting grew louder, and I could see that they had a knife in their hands. I tried to struggle, but it was no use. The cultists held me down as they began to carve strange symbols into my flesh. The pain was excruciating, and I screamed until my throat was raw. When they were finished, they left me in the chamber, bleeding and broken. I don't know how long I was there before I was found, but I know that I'll never forget the horrors of that night. The park may look like a peaceful place, but beneath the surface lies a darkness that is best left undisturbed. These are the stories told to me by my two best friends of 20 years. I'm going to preface this by saying these two are some of the most honest people I've ever known, and it took them years before they'd speak to me about this stuff. Once I was able to convince them to tell me about this, the older of the two brothers broke down into tears and abruptly left about halfway through the first story. It's just too traumatic for him to relive. I felt bad for that and haven't asked him to speak about it since that day. His younger brother that I'm closer with provided the detail, as well as their cousin who carries a religious title that's essentially an enforcement position designated to deal with the presence of skinwalkers and related threats. This is a really long post, so buckle up. I was told that the Zunis are a bit different compared to other reservations in New Mexico, specifically because when the U.S. government sanctioned land to all the native tribes, the Zunis didn't work with the government. Anybody who's traveled through NM knows there's a casino on almost every reservation. The Zunis do not have a casino because they refuse to work with the government and specifically refuse to provide information about their heritage and the land they live on. My buddy told me the tribal elders taught him that the Zunis are in that specific area because they're protecting secrets of the land. I'm going to add in a couple details that pertain to the story, and I'll expand on that later. Apparently, my friend the younger brother was born with a split tongue like a lizard and slits in his pupils instead of being round. You're probably making the face I made when I was first told that, but keep in mind, all of this is religious to the Zunis. They're very serious about all of it. They do not allow non-tribal members this knowledge, nor do they allow the presence of non-Zunis. You can be visited if invited, but would not be allowed to stay during certain times. I'll start with the first story they shared when we were around 13 years old, and is the first experience of many that is too much for my friend to relive. He said he was very young and was woken up abruptly in the night, the glass breaking. 
When he opened his eyes, his dad, already in his son's room, motioned to him to stay where he is and be quiet while pointing a large revolver toward the kitchen where the window was broken. Not long after, his dad fired multiple shots. He then heard a screech so loud it hurt his ears, along with a scuffle in the next room and saw a shadow on the wall that he said did not look or move anything like a person. Apparently, whatever was in the house immediately leapt out the same window that was broken to get in. He said the adults gathered and left to find it shortly after, but was never told what they found, just that it was definitely a skinwalker. The day after he broke down into tears talking about it, I went and saw him and was apologizing, and surprisingly he said the shadow and screeching he saw scarred him and is ultimately why they left the reservation. I never asked him about it again. Another instance that the older brother told me was one that left me particularly intrigued, though I'm not sure why compared to some of the other stories. He said they were having some sort of celebratory feast one night, and my friend saw what he described as a very small person stealing their food while the adults weren't looking. He said it was around one two feet tall, and when he saw it, he immediately shouted to his dad, and all the adults dropped what they were doing, and immediately started chasing it, trying to corner it. This went on for a while, and during the commotion, they realized there were multiple tiny beings, two of which were able to escape into the gutters. He said he remembers everybody trying to reach into the gutters and block them from getting away but one was caught, and he distinctly remembers his uncle holding it up high by the leg, and he watched it scream in terror, and it sounded like a tiny human. Then they immediately tied it up and stuffed him into a cloth pouch and burned him alive over a fire. He said the way it screamed while burning terrified him because he could hear how much pain it was in. But they are human-like, by the way. He explained them. They seemed like something that looks like lawn gnomes, he doesn't know if they're necessarily evil, but they kill every single one they come across. Not sure why, but that one really creeps me out. The next time I, I remember that two brothers were together somewhere out in the wilderness hunting rabbits just outside the reservation. They were walking home because the sun had just went down, but came across a barely standing shack. Being dumb kids with a pellet gun, they went inside, and shortly after a rock hit the wall of the shack. So they immediately go outside, and within seconds notice commotion and the vegetation about 30 feet away. They had one flashlight, so they pointed toward the movement, and a human-looking figure stood up, faced them with, its head tilted to the side, described it as very, very pale with facial features that were not human. He said, I don't know how to explain it, man. It just didn't look like a person. So upon seeing that, they immediately took off running back home, and as soon as they did, they see coyotes just sitting alongside the trail, standing off to the side, but all were just staring at them with no fear of their presence, and followed them all the way back. They said they were told by the elders they being warned off, and the commotion in the grass was the skinwalker changing form. They said they never went back to that area again, and the younger brother said he'd never been so terrified. I'm glad the younger brother told me about that story instead of his older brother. The younger brother still today is able to better deal with harsh realities. He told me that him and a couple friends would play around this mountain, and knew where the entrance to a cave was. 
They tried to go into the cave, but not far from, and the entrance got too small for him to fit, and even his ten-year-old torso wouldn't squeeze through the narrow opening. He said they were off to the side of the entrance, hiding from another friend walking toward them, and noticed something moving very, very fast going in and out of the cave entrance. He and his friend said they went back every day for over a week and would watch them for hours, but could never see what exactly they were, but were astounded at the speed they moved at, but didn't understand how they were getting in and out, as they were much bigger than him. He was forbidden from ever going back after the adults found out what he and his friends were up to. As for their cousin that carries the title given to those who are there to deal with skinwalkers, I ended up getting pretty close with him, too since his cousins are like family to me, and I picked his brain one night. He said they consider them a manifestation of pure evil. They're ruthless, and they know they're not supposed to be around the Zuni people. They're fully aware of their actions. If they find out a skinwalker is near, they immediately hunt it down, catch it, and string it upside down, over a fire and burn it alive till there's nothing left, bones and all. During that process, he said the sounds they make is like nothing you'd hear anywhere else. He said you can't kill them with bullets, and there's different levels to their abilities. They can affect you in a variety of ways, but always in a negative fashion, such as leaving you sick or dead. If I remember correctly, there's a time every year where everybody but him and others with his title stay inside and lock the doors and block the windows, and he will then walk the town in specific clothing and chant specific words, then hunt skinwalkers with his peers. I didn't really understand, but it was implied that skinwalkers are expected to be present around this time, but he spoke about it like it's something completely normal. I think it's like a holiday, and during this week or so, there's a period where the skinwalkers arrive, and that's the main reason they designate enforcers that are trained to deal with them, and apparently never look the skinwalkers in the eyes. One last story I'm going to share is not from the Zuni reservation. This is a story my uncle told me, and takes place in a reservation outside Bernalio, a small city which is about 20 minutes away from Albuquerque, but I don't remember the name of the reservation, so my uncle was a sniper in the Air Force and saw combat in Panama. After leaving the military, he was a firearm instructor for a PDL Buquerque police, then for Bernalia. One day he gets a call about a drunk guy acting strange at the base of a mountain, so he shows up but doesn't see anyone there. So he gets out and starts looking around, and at the base of the mountain he finds clothes neatly folded. As he turns around, he's surprised by what he calls the biggest wolf he's ever seen in his life, about twenty feet away, walking straight toward him. He said it was around five feet tall and staring right in his eyes, so he immediately puts his hand on his holstered gun, but doesn't draw and starts walking backward toward his car, while the wolf continues toward him. Once he reached his unit, he gets inside as fast as possible, and when he shut the door, it was now an inch away from his window. He said he had to look up at it while seated in his unit. He then makes a sorry-I'm-leaving gesture and drove down the road where he met one of the reservation officers. She asked him what happened since he was pale and visibly shaken. All he was able to muster was I don't know. It's massive and I don't think I belong here. I didn't. Uh. Oh. And she immediately put her hand up and said, Don't worry about it. I got you. 
I've been wondering when this would happen again. Go ahead and get out of here. Then she drove off. She didn't go to the area, but rather parked her car sideways, blocking the entrance to that area, and started making calls. He says, by the way, that thing was looking directly in his eyes. Not to mention the absurd size and aggression slash lack of fear also folded clothes. That he knew he was face to face with a skinwalker, and he hopes he never comes across something like that again. To end this, I'll talk about what the younger brother told me and shown me about their heritage. One day he took out a box and showed me the contents, saying that his father had given it to him and had been passed down from father to son for over a thousand years. Inside was a couple different dry plants and various things, but most notably a rock carved by hand of a reptile-like humanoid. It looked like a person. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But with armored scales and face with a protruding mouth and large teeth. I don't want anybody to think I'm a conspiracy theorist, because I'm not. But this thing looks exactly what I've heard explained reptilian aliens would probably look like. We were both pretty amazed, as he never really thought twice about what that would mean. Around this time, we were getting stoned and entertaining ourselves with aliens and laughing about conspiracy theories. Keep in mind, this is the guy who was born with a split tongue and slits in his eyes. His mother confirmed that to me as well. He went on to tell me the Zunis are protecting the secrets of the land, and their reservation doesn't have a casino, because they refuse to sell out all their knowledge to the government. He said he was taught that beings came out from inside the earth and met with their people thousands of years ago. These beings lived somewhere inside the earth where it's warm, and eventually these reptilian beings went back to live under the surface. I don't remember if they went back into the earth after they had some feud or war, or if it was because of outsiders arriving, but after they met the ancient Zunis for a short time, they bred with each other. My buddy is apparently a descendant of those two species mixing, and is why he was born with a split tongue and slits in his pupils. Now, I don't know what connection skinwalkers have to this reptilian species that live inside the earth, are roasting tiny food thieves and celebrating while they scream through an agonizing death, but I do find it very interesting that all of this is associated with native belief. I plan on going over all this with him, too, as I'm going off of memory from five twenty years ago. The younger brother is my closest friend, so if anybody has questions, I'll do my best to answer. Or if there's something you'd like me to ask him, I can do that as well. I don't want to give too many specifics. I'm afraid those guys with guns will come asking questions if I do. I live in upstate New York, and I'm fortunate enough to have miles of peaceful hiking trails within a half-hour drive. 
It was a Sunday morning, and I wanted to get out and hike a trail that I hadn't been on for a while. This particular trail was usually a little more crowded, so I avoided it, but it had some beautiful vistas, and I was in need of some soul, soothing after this week of work. That morning, I followed my usual pre-hike routine and stopped for a cup of coffee at the diner at the edge of town. I was good friends with the owner, and I always let them know when I was heading out for a day trip and what time I would be back. Hiking 101, always let someone know when you're hitting the trail. Leaving town and heading towards the mountains, a group of three park ranger subs used with flashing lights over to Ken passed me on the road. Seeing them wasn't too unusual. After all, there were a lot of state parks in the vicinity, but they seemed to be in quite a rush, and I'm pretty sure they didn't have the standard National Park Service emblem painted on their vehicle anywhere. I had a 45-minute drive, so I put the news on the catch-up on some recent events. I couldn't stomach more than 10 minutes of that, though. As soon as I killed the radio, I heard this noise coming from straight over ahead. I slowed down and poked my head out the window looking up, and sure enough there were two helicopters heading in the same direction that I was. Just great, probably a missing hiker, I know it's selfish and I'll admit it, but my only thought of that moment was I hoped they hadn't closed off the trail. I'd blown off plans with some co-workers so I could hike this trail, and if I drove all the way out here just to turn around, that would stink. When I finally got there, I parked in a small lot at the trailhead. I was relieved to see the pathway wasn't roped off, and there was only one car there, so I would have the trail basically all to myself. I heard the choppers once or twice. After I'd gotten started, but I didn't see them again, and they sounded pretty far off. Hopefully they found whoever was missing, and quickly. I just wanted a quiet walk in the woods without any modern interruptions. I'd even left my phone in the car since I didn't get service anyway. I tend to look down when I'm hiking on the lookout for any roots or rocks that caused me to trip, only looking up often enough to ensure I didn't walk face first into a branch. I'd been going this way for a good hour and a half when I saw it, some kind of mega-sized paw print stuck out clearly on the trail. I'd seen black bears while I was out before, and... Though not common, it happened enough for me to want to carry bear spray in my pack. I followed the prints another few feet, and they went off trail. I'm not a hunter or a, or a tracker, so I, I couldn't follow them off the trail. I was a little freaked out, but I never heard of anyone actually being attacked. I just decided to carry my bear spray in hand and keep tracking. I'd only gone a few more miles before I decided to take another rest and grab a drink of water. The sun was pretty high in the sky at this point, and it was getting hot. I found a big enough rock to sit under a tree and sat down for a minute. As soon as I did, I heard shouting coming from up ahead, around this bend in the trail. It sounded like a man's voice. I couldn't make out what he was saying. I was worried that maybe he had seen the bear or something. But then I remembered the potential missing hiker and thought it must be them or maybe somebody who found them and was yelling for help. I stashed my canteen and started off in a truck towards the voice. I kept my bear spray handy, though just in case. I rounded the bed and was immediately hit with this wall of stench, like I've never smelled before. It was so bad that I actually stopped on my tracks, trying to hold back this morning's coffee. 
The shouting was getting louder, and now I could pick up what sounded like multiple voices. Between trying not to puke and trying to listen to the yelling, I only first caught the thing out of the corner of my eye. Something had stepped off from behind a large tree onto the trail, only about twenty feet away. Something massive turning to give it my full attention I was. Well, I can't really describe what I felt. Terror is probably the best I can get. Whatever this thing was, had to be at least nine feet tall, thick curly brown hair covered it from head to toe, and its arms had to be at least four feet long. Everything about this screened ape or some kind of prehistoric creature, except its face. I could make out what definitely looked like humanish features, just bigger and oversized. I don't know. I couldn't help but to make eye contact. The thing was staring right at me. I was squeezing the can of bear spray so hard that I thought I was going to break it. I didn't even notice the smell at this point. The creature slowly raised its arms into the air and I brazed for whatever was about to happen. It stopped with its arms stretched out, palms facing me. The kind of gesture you would make to someone if you're trying to avoid a fight. The creature's eyes were wide and its lips seemed like they were trembling. I think it was afraid. Another shout came from close by up the trail. The look of terror passed this creature's face. It gave me one last look and then bolted off the path into the undergrowth. I should have heard it crashing through the forest long after that, being how big it was. But almost suddenly as it disappeared, I stopped hearing it. I stood there in shock. What the hell had I just witnessed? Not a minute later, three guys came running down the trail towards me and slowed down as soon as they saw me. These guys were dressed in all black, each one carrying an assault rifle. Now, I'm not much of a gun guy, but these things looked like they would be used in a war zone. They approached me and started hammering me with questions. What was I doing here? Was I alone? What was my name? I gave them my name. My real name. Looking back, I really wish I hadn't. But when you see something like I just saw, and then three armed men appear from nowhere and be begin questioning you, you're really not thinking strategically. They told me that there was a bear attack nearby, and then I needed to turn around and leave the trail immediately. I had absolutely no objections when we parted. I heard one of them say over the radio, Civilian returning to the trailhead, ETA 90 minutes. I made it in 60. I heard the helicopters a lot more on the way back. When I got back to my car, there was another guy sitting on a dirt bike, dressed in all black and sporting the same type of rifle. The other car was gone, and the guy didn't say a word to me. Just watched me as I got back of my Jeep and drove off. I got back home and just sat on the couch the rest of the day. I closed all the blinds, too. I didn't even want to glance outside. I checked the local news a few days afterwards and never saw any mention of a bear attack. I asked around with a few trail vets that I knew. And one or two had heard the same rumors, but nothing concrete. I haven't been hiking since, not on that trail or any other. I think about that incident almost every single day. I remembered how scared that thing was, and how it could have ripped me apart too if it wanted to. I wonder if it got away honestly, I hope it did. I work on an oil rig. My job is to run an excavator and mix off the mud that comes out of the ground and do stuff that needs big machine. 
Because of the locations of these rigs, I have to drive to pretty remote places in the wilderness of Canada. Anyway, one of the light towers at the edge of the lease went out. I went over and in the forest I could see these weird like fireflies type of things, but like the size of a basketball. But they weren't bright like they weren't lighting things up around them. Then I started feeling super uneasy. In between some trees I could see this big ass silhouette of a person with red glowing eyes. I ran back into the machine just to see it walking away. When I was in it, I ended up telling the crew, and I'm not the only one who's seen it. Like half of them have seen it, and two of them have had it smile at them. What the F is this thing? Also, I'm so sorry for the bad grammar. Nothing else really makes sense. Let me explain. My family would go camping every chance we got. The place we'd always go had no natural predators, at least nothing bigger than a fox. My dad specifically chose this spot so us kids, me and my two siblings, could frolic through the woods without having to worry. This particular trip was during the May long weekend. There was still a considerable amount of snow, so my dad brought our TVs and some sleds for us. It was the day after we had arrived, and my dad wanted to go on a little trip down the road. We came up. I asked if I could come, and he said sure. We both hopped on his quad and set out on our little trip. I forgot to mention earlier that we had deer around the area. Nothing crazy, but the odd one would wander through our campsite. You could tell they had no natural predators since they didn't run away when there was a human around. My siblings and I would always manage to get pretty close to one, before my parents yelled at us to stay away, that is. Anyway, my dad and I were a few miles from the campsite when we rounded a corner and came across one me of the most gruesome sights I have ever seen in my life. On the side of the road were the pieces of a deer, at least I think it was one. There was blood absolutely everywhere, worse still. There was steam coming from the remains, which meant this was a recent kill. My dad is usually a pretty calm guy, and not much can rattle him. But I could tell that this freaked him the hell out. He was in the process of turning us around when this. I don't know. Screech came from the forest. It was so loud we both flinched. I remember searching the forest for the source. But my dad was in the process of hauling ass down the way we came. It could have been a trick of the light because I was freaked out and maybe I was seeing things. But I could have sworn I saw something running alongside us, but only for a second or two. I know I sound absolutely crazy, but the thing looked like a large dog before it vanished into the trees. My dad raced back to camp and we were all packed up and headed to a different location by the end of the day. We never did go back to that campsite after this encounter. I did ask my dad about it a couple years ago. He just said it was because the new campsite was better than the old better trails and whatnot. I think he's full of crap. I think whatever we encountered that day scared the hell out of him. And I think that whatever I saw, he did too. But I, for one, am thankful we never went back. I'm not sure if I would be able to sleep at night after what I saw. It still haunts me till this day.